might be having that day. I don't want to annoy anyone that might have a tumor in their life.
Continuing in our series on the fruit of the Spirit this morning, which comes out of Galatians chapter 5. And uh, we're not going to go back and, and read through that uh, list again. It's Galatians chapter 5, I think verse 22. If you want to go back and refresh yourself in that. Uh, but we're on, I believe, number 7. Got two left, Jay, is that right?
Because that is the fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about this morning. But, uh, you might be surprised that it does not mean particularly what we might think of, and that there's actually a significant difference between the word faith in the Old Testament, translated from the Hebrew, and the word faith in the New Testament, translated from Greek, sometimes Aramaic. Now, they are intertwined with one another, but when we think of faithfulness, we tend to think of moral fidelity, moral faithfulness among relationships and friendships, and uh, faithfulness to a cause, things like that, that's on our behalf. And when we look at the Old Testament, when that word faith is translated in the Old Testament, that is almost always what it is speaking to. But it might surprise you to find that in this context, in the fruit of the Spirit, which we have been describing to you and trying to uh, come together in our understanding on, that the fruit of the Spirit is not something that is optional for those who call themselves followers of Christ. It's meant to be, as described in Scripture, the natural reproduction of qualities in the life of the believer that occur because the Spirit of God has been planted within you. I know that uh, Pastor Philip from True North was here with you last week. It was a great honor for me to go down and be with the people of True North Church and then when True North Church service was finished, I hung around and I preached a second time for the people of First Baptist Church. My friend Gary Lopes is the pastor there. They're meeting in the same building at this time, and it was a lot of fun to do that. And I know Philip came here along with Tyler, their worship leader, and had a wonderful time with you. You were kind and gracious to them, and they appreciated that. And I listened to Pastor Philip's uh, message last week, and he talked about the difference between a true fruit tree, a fruit-bearing tree, and an ornamental fruit tree, and I thought that was such a great example and metaphor to bring to this conversation, because as he described, there are fruit trees out there, I mean, it's called like a fruit tree, but it bears no fruit, and it's not meant to bear any fruit. It's just ornamental. And his, his encouragement to us last week was that there is no such thing as an ornamental there is no such thing as a follower of Christ, someone who says that they follow Christ and they fail to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Not because it's any effort of our own, and that's something we're really going to touch on here this morning in the context of faithfulness. But because if the soil of our lives has had the Spirit of God planted within it, which is what the Bible describes to us when we make the decision to become a follower of Christ, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come to us, that we would be sealed by that Holy Spirit. And there's, there's scores of scripture that speak about the indwelling of the Spirit of God in those who are His children. That if that's true, if we believe that premise is true, that by its very nature, the Spirit of God can only produce spiritual fruit. And if we are soil that the Spirit of God has been planted within, we must be bearing that fruit. And we've talked about all of these others that have come along so far. Patience, peace, love, goodness. 
I say all that to say because I always want to get the, the, the caution or the, the check valve here that if you're within the sound of my voice right now within this room or across these electrons going throughout the internet or you're listening to this a week from now or a year from now or ten years from now if anybody cares and the world still exists and the internet hasn't crashed if you do a survey of your life if I do a survey of my life and I find that these are not qualities that are or have been growing progressively in my life, I'd better take a survey of whether I am truly a follower of Christ. Because, guys, when you plant an apple seed, it will produce So, it is not the same as 
as we as humans having a confidence in something. Right? So, in fact, I think even at uh, First Baptist Church last week, I, I referred to the, the simple illustration about faith. That if I say that this chair or this piano bench will hold me up, I believe that. If I sit on it, it will hold me up. Until I actually sit on it, I have not exercised that faith. I have not given forth that confidence and proved it. And that kind of faith is only proven, is only grown through testing. But that is not the faith that is being described here. Anybody already having their understanding of this passage of the scripture challenge? Anybody? You all you already knew all of this? Everything I'm about to say, you already knew? So we can just go home now. Wait for my lunch. That's good. Right. O ye of little faith, Jesus said to his disciples when they were out in the storm and they thought they were going to drown and Jesus was taking a nap while they thought they were going to drown. He woke up and said, ye of little faith. I have often taken that to mean that they were not exercising their faith. But it's the same word that's used here. And this word for faith is always something that is given by God, not something that in our human terms we build our confidence in. First John chapter 5, verse 4. First John chapter 5, verse 4 says this: For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Now let's just let's just think about that for just a moment. Who is born of God? Who are the children of God? Anyone this is this is interacting? No. More modern than that, man. You are! If you're a follower of Christ, you have been born of God. What did Jesus say? If you want to become a, a believer, you have to be what? Born again. Right? If you have been born of God, it says, you have overcome the world. How is that possible? Because who has truly overcome the world? Christ has overcome the world. So if you have been born of God, you have become a type like him, one of God's children. He has overcome the world. Therefore, you have overcome the world. And then it says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Now, did you overcome the world? On your own? I did not. I overcame the world because of what he gave me. Did you see in this context, faith is something that God gives to each believer. And it is not our confidence in our ability to trust in God, to have confidence in God, to be, uh, to be moral, to be righteous, to be good. 
is 100% a confidence in God's faithfulness. In the New Testament, every single time the word faith, pistis, is translated, it is not referring to our ability to be faithful. It is referring to God's unwavering, steadfast, loving faithfulness to us. This is why we talk about these fruit of the Spirit not being things that we can cultivate on our own, but that they're the natural outgrowing of the Spirit of God because they're things that He gives us, not things that we do. They are things that we become, not things that we it is a way of being, not a way of behaving. And there's a very large difference in those things that sound so similar. Because in one of them, the power and the strength and the sustenance comes from God Himself. And the other one, we are trying to do in our own power. And we will always Let's go, let's go to that. If you, can, if you can go with me, Jason. Jude chapter 1, verse 3. Let's go there first before we go to, to Hebrews. So Jude chapter 1, verse 3. Because I, I want to build on this, this foundation. I, I, want to, I want to persuade you, divine persuasion, that this kind of faith that we're talking about is given by God. So we're going to look at a handful of passages that talk about this. So Jude chapter 1, so the only chapter, verse 3. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend, listen, for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Do you see how that describes that the faith that the saints possessed was given to them, not something that they produced within themselves? That's what that language indicates to us. So now we can go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. This is kind of what we, we call the, the, the faith, the hall of faith thing here in chapter 11. All these great heroes of the stories of the Old Testament. And when I say heroes, I mean people who were terribly flawed and yet used miraculously by God because every one of them fits that description. It's important for us not to put even the great heroes of the faith on a pedestal that's beyond us because the faith 
is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So just try to wrap your brain around this, try to wrap your head around this. If our understanding of faith has so often traditionally been what I bring to the equation, oh ye of little faith, oh that's on me. If that's the case, then how would my faith be the assurance for anything that's hoped for? How can I guarantee that? How would, how would my faith be the very substance of things that we cannot see? Doesn't it make more sense? Here's the big one. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. 
through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. I have always thought that when it says the gift of God here, that it's referring to the salvation. salvation has to depend on our faith, we're going to mess it up. You all know that I just lost my dad a few weeks ago. Almost 21 years ago, lost my mother. She, uh, suffered a long time with effects of lung cancer. Traveled to her brain. She became completely incapacitated. And uh, my dad cared for her in their home. Had a hospital bed set up in the living room so she could hear the TV, which was 
they just took that and they just went out somewhere, I don't know, somewhere to eat or go to the grocery store or something, do something that was just sort of normal, and get him out of the house for a bit. And I came and sat with Mom. And uh, I remember I was uh, sitting in my dad's recliner and the Gator Vocal Band video was on. And I remember looking over and seeing the condition of my mother. Trust me. And I looked back at my mother, and I began to weep. 
joined the fellowship of God himself and all the saints who have come before and reuniting with our beloved Charles who went there a few weeks ago.
that's given to you. May the world around us see an example of your faithfulness within us. May it be a part of that light that draws people to you. And I, and I see our trust in you and wonder how. How do we have so much Yeah.